strong. This is so funny. Hi, this is Funny Minds, and I'm your host, Lynn B., and my co-host is... Edward Biss. How are you? Edward Biss, and we are now today with Stephen Joseph. Stephen is a lawyer. Um, he's uh, an award-winning author. Um, he runs marathons. He's been in Boston. I'm thrilled. I love Boston. Oh, look at him. He's like, mm, big deal. <laughs> he's got a great series, and and uh, he's a, a, a good speaker. And he is the son of a Holocaust survivor. So I, so, I mean, like, you've got so much to talk to us about, Stephen. And I don't know where you want to start. I know where I'd like you to start, but um, I'm going to leave it up to you to just, you know, give us your lowdown. Well, I happen to be a cranky expert, so uh, I just released... Cranky Superpowers Life Lessons Learned on the Crankosaurus Chronicle. And it's it's a follow-up to a grown-up guide to effective crankiness to Crankosaurus method. So I know a little bit about crankiness. <laughs> I've met a lot of crankiness in my time too. <laughs> yeah, so that that's that that's my expertise. And um I and I like to say it's partly because I'm a lawyer and for those people don't know what law school is like, what what you learn in law school, I explained to them the first year you learn how to get on people's nerves. And okay. then once you get that right, you learn the second year you learn how to rub people the wrong way. Okay. The third year you learn how to get underneath people's skin. So when you could do all three at the same time, you're a lawyer. You're so, a- so, um, and then I surround myself. I've been a lawyer for 37 years. Wow. Okay. So uh, I, I, I've been around these kind of people for a long, long time. And then I, I can't roll. Steven, I'm sorry, but people up in Boston don't break the law. I, I don't know how you have a job. <laughs> no, he well, doesn't how, live in Boston. I don't live in Boston. <laughs> no, he doesn't live in Boston. Where, where are you at now? Marathon. I'm in Hoboken, New Jersey. Well, they, de- they definitely right? don't break the law there. And <laughs> <laughs> in the senator, wherever he is, <laughs> he's had all kinds of trouble. No, we um, we know we know Hoboken well. We're we're New Jerseyites. Yeah, we're Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm up in in Morris County. So, uh, but okay. Ed Les, that's my son. Eddie's. I got son. I got smart. Or, I got out of there and I came to Tampa, Florida. <laughs> Been here 23 years. Uh, wow. Stephen and I love every day of it, <laughs> and I'm still a Jersey girl. So there you go. So what type of law do you practice, Steve? Uh, I I manage litigation for, and I do negotiation for insurance couples. Uh, so I manage lawyers around the country, and uh, yeah, it was great when I was young because I would learn from people. But now I'm too smart to learn. My eyes be blowing while I have them. Again, I get cranky. So, <laughs> you get cranky. Do you? You get cranky. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. why you are an award-winning uh, author because you know what cranky is. That's that's right. I know what cranky is. So <laughs> I figured it out. I I got to hand it to you, Stephen. I I was reading, you know, your bio and everything, and when I went through your 
uh, history of cranky. <laughs> it's to me, it's it's brilliant on so many levels, and so many people can identify with it. Um, oh, a lot of people can identify <laughs> in so many different ways. You know. Uh, especially these days. I, I know every generation we say the same thing, but um, it really is almost like a healing mechanism. You know, it's comedy, it's relevant, but it's a healing mechanism and it really can uh, assist in getting your head right and keeping a sense of humor about everything. Yeah, that that's what I try to do. And like Paul, uh, you know, the funny thing is I talk about embracing our crank, not trying to get rid of it. And that's what got me on this road uh, to writing about crankiness. My first book was a children's book called The Last Divided Dinosaur, The Tyrant that Cranked Stores. You know, I used to <laughs> I see that. I was like, that's yeah, so the awesome. word for problems. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, my household or people relevant and say, oh, uh, if I had worked source, I'd be doing part wheel. No one could outdo my source. And of course, it, like these 67 year old women who talk about doing part wheels. <laughs> well, they talk about parts and, uh, and worry about the smallest dinosaur on the planet uh, uh, who kept cranking out her source so all the other dinosaurs disappeared and how humans evolved from the smallest dinosaur and uh, somebody wrote oh he didn't talk enough about overcoming and cranking and I was all about embracing our quake mm-hmm. uh, so I started writing about Cranking history, I still, it's amazing. You're like, I think I'm darling or something else. So, uh, and I call the common cranked soils where <laughs> you know, you talk about a common cold, you have like one or two in a year. So, common, uh, common cranked soils, you get three to four in the morning alone so, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's that common uh, and giving it a name, it feels okay. So, like, uh, my first book, uh, I always like. You know, Steve Parrott's, and I, I'm a parent myself, my, my daughter's old and one will be But, uh, but um, we always talk about, use your words, you don't act out, use your words. So, you know, you have a little kid saying, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. And, oh, that's so good, you use the word. I think you're a very angry person, <laughs> but uh, it's good you use the words. And by giving it a name, I have a common quite good source that we all have. You're just a sweet, lovable kid. Bit cranky, and it's okay. It's okay, and and then just you get act out on it. Yeah, and how to you know deal with people like I, I talk about in my book, where uh, you know you go to seeing where your American grandmother will walk over someone's house. Stevie, take off your shoes. I pay twenty five dollars for this rug. I don't want to get the rug dirty. And you take off your shoes. But then we, we, we put all the shit with our mouth on the duck. So, again, to understand that, mm-hmm. you know, just because we are cranky, uh, you know, then we could be more effective. So, like, right. my, in my, and we, we have more empathy with each other and we know how to treat each other better. And it's okay to be cranky. So, in in my, uh, in my, uh, 
cranky superpowers book, I talk about relationships where I have a rule with my life that we're allowed to be 5% insane, 20% crazy, but we have to be 75% normal. And you might think, well, that's insane. You know, I do the math 365 days a year. That's like 73 days of crazy. I don't know I can handle 73 days of crazy, but it's really counterintuitive because I told you, you're only getting 0% crazy when you do become crazy and we all become crazy. Mm-hmm. You can't admit to being crazy. You have to say, I'm not crazy. You're the one who's really crazy. Mm-hmm. And that makes me crazy. Who likes to be told they're crazy by a crazy person? <laughs> I think you're insane. Yeah, and then and then we get into this big crazy insane argument and we're end up both being insane. It's like a cat so, forty four, not even at twenty two. It's and then and, and then you be and then you become cranky. Yeah. And then you become cranky. So by giving permission to be twenty five percent insane and crazy, mm-hmm. you end up only using like one or two percent. By saying right. you're not allowed you end up using like 50 or 60 percent. So again, it's, it's how to work these things out. Well, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I wish more people would take the time to really take it in, think about it, and utilize it for the truth that it is. Because if you're going to survive in this lifetime, whether it be alone or with somebody else, You've got to have these kind of moments. These are these are the ratios, and yeah. they're undisputable. And it's really how you deal with them that uh, gets you through. Um, and there is no doing away with cranky. There just isn't. You 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 nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. You don't get enough sleep. You ate something that upsets your stomach. Or... It's just as human yeah. nature. You can't erase it. You can't People minimize do... it. People do get cranky. But you can make people aware. Yes. Aware. Be aware of your state of mind. Yes. Get get the fact that you're cranky. <laughs> Maybe have a sense of humor about it. Yeah, really. <laughs> and and try to get past it. You know, I, easier said than done, obviously. With uh, my, with Steven, my, gra- uh, my obviously. grandson gets cranky, I just walk away from him. I just... You know, I'll do something else. I'll just, I, I just really ignore his, his bad behavior, and you know, he'll sit there, you know, with the face on in the whole nine yards, and then I guess he thinks about it, and he's like, "Well, Shawnee's not going to pay attention to me, and then I have to sit here, so I better behave myself." And then I'll hear, "Oh, Shawnee, can I have a treat?" You know, then all of a sudden he's, he's not cranky anymore. And he's fine, and he wants a treat, and he wants to do this, and he wants to it's do that. Situational, just, yeah, I do, yeah. I just don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> but, but you know, actual adults have everyday grind, yeah. everyday stress, every you know, marriages, relationships, work, everything. Work, yeah. Uh, just general insanity and today. <laughs> Yeah, you have, uh, you know, uh, social media shoved up your butt every second. It's just insanity. So, yeah, crankiness is definitely there now more than, more than ever. And I talk about in my first book, in the, a grown-up guy defected crankiness out of a chapter called Crankosaurus Kryptonite. Uh, and actually a chapter called Crankosaurus Doctor, where we have to diagnose each other 
crankiness. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's where she is. That's where I'm at, whatever. And Kent Crankit Source Kryptonite says, you know, hey, we all have our kryptonite. And that's like, you know, you, you go to your relative for Thanksgiving dinner and somebody knows how to press that button. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it, it, that's your kryptonite. But like, I know, I know my wife's kryptonite. I just know what it is. Oh, God. The yeah. thing about it is like acknowledging even Superman uh, had a, Crypto, like he had a problem with kryptonite. Like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen would say, "Oh, geez, it's stupid old guy. We have to get rid of him. That's kryptonite." <laughs> they stuck with Superman. They didn't say, "Oh, let's find another superhero." Yeah, yeah that, that so. that's a cool analogy. I like that. <laughs> true, but it's true. but I I like that you put your books like in in um in the um cartoonish type of form you know with the animals and you know with with the dinosaur and stuff like that because kids love dinosaurs but adults love dinosaurs too so you got to make things simple for people you yeah. know because it, it, it has to relate it has yeah, to be enjoyable is, yeah uh -huh. swallow uh make people think uh make children think make adults think right. um you know, in your own way, and I and I think you've captured a killer way to do it. Oh, know? I think it's adorable. I think it's absolutely adorable. <laughs> I like that little dinosaur. Yeah, my, yeah. yes, these it's, it's it. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun in my in my uh, my latest book. I have a lot of stories, and they have teaching lessons in there. So uh, I redo Cinderella, where mm -hmm. the the print. He was turned into a frog. He kissed the Snow White. He actually ate a fly by Snow White's lips and turned back to a prince. And they started dating. Do you know that Snow White was living with seven little men? You know, so, <laughs> so, so. so that was, yeah, you know, she had a little. She had she had some stuff she had going, something on. going on there. She had and a very small so, square footage. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> So they broke up. He broke up with her, and then he had this uh, uh, ball. And he was he was having an online chatting thing with Cinderella. Uh, so Cinderella ends up getting a megaphone. Which, well, he what she orders the fairy godmother online, but fairy godmother comes and she doesn't get the carriage, the beautiful dress, but she gets a megaphone. And it's like discovering her voice that that was again her cranking superpower. And she does that. I redo uh, the Wizard of Oz. I was mm -hmm. re retell the story. It's called spinning, spinning your wheel, crank it stories. Where <laughs> this, the wizard keeps spinning their wheel. Like, oh, uh, here's a piece of paper. You know, it's like, oh, here's a plastic cloth. You know, uh, <laughs> and they get pissed off. And oh, that's um, great. That's fantastic. Uh, you must have been a lot about you. When I was a little kid, my mother always told me not to go in the hot air balloon strange. You know, like, and here's this old man. Hey, I could take you uh, on a, on Dorothy. I could take you on this hot air balloon that I haven't flown in, like, forever. Bad, but don't worry. It's, like, crazy. So, finally, the lion gets to eat the wizard. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know what kind of drugs that you take when you write books, but they're pretty thin. It's a lot of fun. No, I, I think about that myself. Like, you know, you know, Stephen, my, my mother doesn't understand. <laughs> yes, I, I do. No. I get she, it. She, I she's do. actually a child of the 60s, but didn't do drugs. Yeah, that's true. And she gave birth to a musician. And I'm not a drug addict. Yeah, like, so it's easy to sit back when you hear this insanity, which is actually genius. It is. And, and it say, is. what drugs are you on? But in, in actuality, it's phenomenal. Oh, and yeah. It really takes a lot of a very special mind. You know, <laughs> a lot of uh, pa passion. You know, you have passion for it. Right. And uh, you're able to tell a story and keep it keep you know keep people interested and uh that's phenomenal and you're doing it in 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 a modern version of the world yeah the way the, the way the way the world is today and it's so related you know? to oh, everybody yeah. that's just it. everybody you know? so i have just again another example where i, I take stories or whatever i create stories so uh i i have uh mr spock uh you know so i i, I set up a story where I, I went to the yard sale and uh, I found some classified documents. <laughs> some of those classified documents from the 1960s, and they had all these, uh, some, you know, from like stories from Star Trek that they actually went through. It wasn't just a TV show. They they came from the future and they told they they want to tell the government all this this information. Okay. To say that the one of the most interesting things was the interview with Mister Spock. He interviewed with uh, Captain Kirk for the the first officer job, and uh, Captain Kirk uh, he he asked Mister Spock, "Will you give me your word that you'll be loyal and and, and trustworthy and you know do all the good things?" And Mister Spock says, "I can't give you my word. I will be trustworthy, but I in all that stuff I can't give you my word." And in Captain Kirk doesn't understand you. So I've interviewed 20 other people. They all tell me they'll give me their word. So Mr. Spock explained that on the planet Vulcan, there was this leader who, uh, uh, you know, first he said, like, we'll, we'll declare war on the planet Romulus. Romulus? Romulus? I think it was Romulus. Romulus. And the Romulans, they look like Vulcans. They'll greet us as liberators. I give you my word. And every year, this leader kept saying, I give you my word, I give you my word. But if you can imagine, if you always give your word, after a while, you have no words left. So all the, all the people gave their words. I, I, they couldn't communicate anymore. So the, the elders of Vulcan, the planet of Vulcan, realized that all the people who kept their word but didn't give their word uh, were still able to communicate. So they made a law especially for politicians, that anybody who gives their word is punishable by death. Okay. So, but again, it, it, Wouldn't that you know, be amazing? You really? <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's funny, uh, like, you know, I go running and I think, wow, if we, like, giving our word but never keep our words, and wouldn't be interesting if we couldn't speak anymore. You know, we couldn't communicate. And again, keeping your word, again, that's like the superpower. And um, 
you know, this thing will put right, right. Again, it, it, it's a teaching that if you always keep your word, you're reliable and people can mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, so again, it, it's like uh, having fun with that in a different sort of way. I, I, I read the, the story of, I'm cute. So I had to do the story of the Jewish people leaving Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt and they, they leave to go to the land of milk and honey. And there was this brochure from Moses and company to be forewarned. While we hope for the best, we will only have prepared for the worst. So they keep going, like, so they get to, like, for example, they get to the Red Sea. Where's the prune ship? I only came for the prune ship, you know, just like, you wouldn't lead us right to the dead, to Red Sea without a prune ship. You know, your great, 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 great uncle Noah, uh, he had like a zoo on his prune ship. And, and Moses says, you know, while we hope for the best, we only prepared for the worst. You know, so. And of course, like, then they go to Mount Sinai, and there's this gold cap, and everybody who were played with the gold cap got COVID 10,000 BC. So when Moses came down, do you have a vaccine? There's no vaccine. While we hope for the best, we only prepared for the worst. So, so, and they were going around in the desert for, for like 40 years. And it was going in circles and circles and circles. And they, one of the only foods they had was bush. And they realized that if they drift the bush behind them, they would know where they came from. They wouldn't have to go in circles continuously. And that line in the sand became famously known as the bush belt. Oh, wow. The bush belt? Oh, <laughs> bush belt. Yes. <laughs> So if you want to know where that that line the board felt, oh from, my yeah. god, it's really <laughs> that's funny. You you you're a funny man. <laughs> funny man. But I I I, love I, I lo- yeah I love the way your mind works. <laughs> so it's incredible. You have you have a beautiful mind. There you it's go. It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I'll tell you. Really, oh really. I mean, I I love the, your play on words and 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 your whole your concept of of how you look at things in your in your stories. That's really really pretty good. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, it says a lot for a crankosaurus. You know, <laughs> I know. You you obviously you're the OG. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, a lot of D-O-D-O. No, the OG, old gal. The OG. Old guy, old guy. Oh. No, that's what they, they, they refer to the top person. The, ori- the original gangster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. I'm waiting for his wife to no. pop out and go, <laughs> oh, no, it's way worse. <laughs> so have you lived in Hoboken all your life? Has that, that's been your... No, no, I grew up in the Bronx. Out of Bronx, the Bronx bomber, the Bronx, the Bronx. Okay. Yeah. So uh, all the Bronx will grow up. You know the funny thing. It's amazing. I wrote a a, a blog. I called uh, "Bad Day Cranked Source," and uh, you think about it. You know, I grew up. Started going to baseball games Mm -hmm. in in the late sixties, early seventies. And it, they used to have Bat Day at Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. basically handing out 60,000 weapons 
and in front yeah. of half of them were inebriated, yeah. and uh, and nowadays you can't bring a bottle of water. You know, like if they check their bags for a bottle of water, you can't bring anything. But back then, hey, here's here's a bat. <laughs> here's a, here's thirteen beers and a bat. Go crazy. <laughs> That's funny. That that is funny. You know, and you think true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Right. You think about it. And it's funny, uh, Stephen, that you even mentioned that because the other day I was talking to somebody and and, uh, brought up of the fact that there was a time with smoking on airplanes, you know, but the the, the funnier part of it was is there was a smoking section. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm like, like that, in the casino. To me, that's what makes it the the the. It's like, oh my god! I know. And really, they were like, no, this is it. <laughs> this is the smoke doesn't come past. Yeah, <laughs> they do it in the casinos too. There's a smoking section, but you can smell it all over the place. Yeah. All over. It's just, it, it's gruesome. I mean, you want to go to the casino and it's like you got to plug your ears and your nose and, ah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, when, yeah, I smoked on a plane. I did. Ma, I listen, you no. smoked in the car with us as children with the windows rolled up. You were that person. Yeah, I was that person. She was that, <laughs> Stephen, she was, was that, that person. person. She was that person. But we didn't know. I had lung yeah. cancer at 11 and a half. Did not, you liar. 11 and a half. Oh. Diagnosed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, eyebrow can- I had eyebrow cancer when I was 12. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, <laughs> my father, that's funny, my father smoked. And, uh, my my father would wake up early in the morning to smoke. Yeah, he would. Uh, be in the kitchen, dining with Marriott, and you'd open up the window, and he would stick his head out and smoke. <laughs> mother was in the bedroom. He was sleeping. He would come running out screaming. I could smell it in my lung. I feel it in my lung. And my, well, my father, of course, he, I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke. You know, just like, uh, you know, it's like, you wonder how, like, even his smoking outside window. And my mother never pushed him out the window. We would tear up on the thirteenth floor, but my mother was tempted sometimes. Uh, but she could five rooms down the. She could still smell it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I don't smoke anymore, and it and it's funny, but you know, I I'll be standing like in a store or something. And somebody comes in, and you know they just had a cigarette, and you just like you you try you don't want to like hurt their feelings, so to speak. But uh, in all honesty, it's like you start taking these little steps away from the person because, you know, like when I first started stopped smoking and this happened, I, I called everybody. I'm like, I'm so sorry that I smelled. I didn't realize how bad I smelled, you know, because when you smoke, you don't smell it. But when you stop smoking, you smell it and it's horrible. It's horrible, you know. But um, But I didn't, you know, I did what I did. And I'm not sorry for it. I did it. Steven, now she just I, I eats take... medicinal chocolate. <laughs> and it know. doesn't smell at all. <laughs> I don't even do you know. That. <laughs> and, and 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 incredibly enough, she's we didn't know this, but she actually is a very good artist. Wow. 
Yeah. She eats chocolate and she paints like cat faces and it's it's awesome. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I'll give you ideas for something else. Come on, you got purple hair, whatever. I, I know. I have purple hair and I, I do my thing. So so Stephen, what who who was the Holocaust survivor? Was it was it your mother and father? Was it just your father, just your mother? Uh, my mother was the, the Holocaust survivor. Both my mom, your mom, your father was from Bergen Belsen. My father uh, came from Bucharest, but we uh, we went. Uh, we actually struggled about the Palestine the portal, like there were forty six four. And uh, so he kind of skir- he kind of skirted it. Yeah, he kind of like I. My father would tell me that if your if your father was a World War One hero, they didn't bother you or remain so. Uh, huh. So my father had some protection, but he, he then left for Palestine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he actually lived in Israel for fifty nine. We worked for this shipping company called Little Shipping Company. He was at York Harbor. He's on their supply date, my mother. He buys my mother a cup of coffee, and he asks her to marry him. Uh, so she said yes. For five, hard and harder, to, you know, you open up the door and get a cup of coffee, five cents, and we were married for like... How many? Incredible. About 60 years. Wow. That's awesome. That's That's great. That is incredible. And anybody who was able to make it out of that. In the that. beginning, there were a lot of people, because the owner of my company, um, his father owned a big manufacturing company in Germany. And um, they took the house. It was a big, huge house. They took the house. I think there was five of them. He had uh, two sisters and two brothers. They took the father... They took the house. They took the manufacturing company, and they all well, the mother sent him to America, and you know everybody went somewhere, and um, she went to Austria, and then the brother paid them to get the father back, and they you know even though they took everything that they had, well, they made a deal to pay to get the, their father back, and they did release him, but then like a, he said a few months later. There was no getting out of there. There was no, you weren't, you know, you weren't going to gain your freedom in any way, shape, or form. So they were kind of lucky to have gotten out of there. And even though they were in different parts of the world, you know, um, they would come together. And then when he was, I think he was almost 90, Edgar, the village sent him an invitation, and his daughter took him there to apologize to them for what what went on and what the Nazis wow. did. Yeah, it was incredible. He came back with this beautiful plaque. His home was still standing, not the, the manufacturing plant, but the home was still there, and the people that lived in it let them come in so that, you know, he could see the home. And he, he said, you know, there was a lot of changes and stuff, but... He was in such awe of the fact that, you know, that they extended this invitation and the apology and, you know, that he in his lifetime could go over there 
and and be with them and do this. So it, it was a very touching story. Yeah, very, very touching story. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great man. He really was a great, great man. Yeah. So so, you know, that that that's great that your parents were able to survive that, you know. Because if they didn't, you wouldn't be around with your crazy mind. Wow. I know. There would be no Crankosaurus. <laughs> wow. None at all. We'd have to rely on somebody else's uh, beautiful mind <laughs> to come up with a Crankosaurus. <laughs> and you love to train. You love to do um, uh, marathons. You've done a lot of marathons. You ever come down here to uh, do the one at, at Disney in Orlando? I've never done. I've done Miami three times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I, I did Fort Lauderdale A1A marathon. Mm -hmm. I've done four Florida marathons. I've not done uh, Disney. Okay. Which, All right. You know, now I'm, I'm making stories. It's just so down. Now I have a, I have a buddy of mine who's a comedian up in New Jersey, and he's a he's an attorney as well, and and uh, they just make it a thing, you know. It comes out with his wife and and his stepdaughter, who's an adult, you know, and they just do it like get like a quick like you know three day weekend type of thing. It's not even about so much to Disney. It's it's more about the the marathon. Marathon. Go have a good bite to eat and get out of get out of Jersey for a minute, you know. Well, sometimes he does a gig. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's yeah, every once in a while he'll do a gig. Have you ever thought of doing stand up comedy, Steve? Uh, yeah, no, I actually did uh, this Earth Day thing. Uh, I was like, and this was on like on on uh, Broadway, Forty uh, Seventh Street, like outdoors, so mm -hmm. Broadway, and. Um, and uh, so I use like some cranky story that <laughs> went to uh, to like an Earth Day thing. So I and it was fun. I, it, was, it was it was a lot of fun. So I, I did this uh, wedding scene uh, with uh, Seymour and Zelda, and the minister asked uh, Seymour, "Do you take uh, Zelda for better?" Or for worse. Well, but yeah, he goes, no, 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 no. You have to pick which one. You can't do both. Ever worse. <laughs> and and Seymour says, eh, well, you know, I wasn't picking a beauty queen. I don't want to put pressure on her. She gets very nervous. I'll go with her. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Zelda goes, oh, no. You know, the same question. Well, no. When I picked Seymour, I was picking from the bottom of the barrel. Hold <laughs> the bottom of the barrel, you know. You know, like uh, I'll go with better, and then of course Seymour gets all of that. I, I want better, and then as Zelda uh, uh, gets gets a little panic attack, and she goes and she starts saying, you know, when 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 we were dating, he would always sing, "Don't go changing, try." I I always never want you to work so hard. I love you just the way you are. And uh, and uh, he goes, can we do both better or worse? And well, that takes lawyers. You need lawyers for that. What what is better? What's considered the worst? What's considered better? Let's say you you're worse, but but uh, lawyers like uh, you, you think you got better. He thinks he got worse, and vice versa. This has to be all negotiated out. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> 
So they, they end up going, uh, oh, that's great. Worse. And then, of course, uh, uh, Zelda goes, I'm feeling sick already. So they, they went with it. <laughs> but uh, but the, the point with that was like bring Earth in. Like, uh, oh, God. Like, that's uh, funny. Earth, you know, oh, God, you got me better. crying. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you, you are a piece of work, Steve. You're awesome. you, are, you are That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you very problem, much. I'll be here all week. thought about that. All the daily comedy, it's like it's, there's a lot of work. You have to keep going. It is a lot. It, it's definitely a lot of work. It, it's, uh, it is. Yeah. It's a lot of repetition and a lot of traveling and a lot of commitment and you know, from the outside looking in, it's it's a lot of fun and it, and and you're obviously talented enough to do it. Oh yeah, but it is. A- oh yeah, <laughs> I do, I've done it. it, and I know it, it's just a, it's it's a lot, it, and it's really yeah. something you really gotta <laughs> really dive into. There's a new there's a new guy that somebody turned me on to, Eddie. You got to watch him too. His name is Matt uh, Rift R I F E Rift Rift. You 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 gotta you gotta go on YouTube and he's hysterical. He's a young kid, and he's so quick with his comebacks and stuff. He okay. really is kind of good. His name isn't Stephen Joseph. I don't care. <laughs> oh. oh God, Stephen, tell the audience where they can find you. Uh, well, you could find me uh, like anytime you want to come over for dinner. I I, I I'm a very good cook. I know oh, the best potato latte. Walking about. Yeah. Let me guess. Oh, you make awesome Mexican food. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually I have a Crankosaurus cooking class chapter in my book. So I do talk about. That's like one of my superpowers is cooking. So so you're invited to come to Hoboken for dinner. That's one place to find. Oh, can't and wait at it. I was but, just uh, in Hoboken. <laughs> That's but you can find me at stephenjosephauthor.com, uh, Stephen Joseph Author on Facebook, on Instagram. And on Instagram, I, I, I run two hours every morning and like actually do my writing when I'm running. It's like, uh, like uh, I have the things talk mm-hmm. for when I run. Right. But take pictures of, I, I have this, the Wild Long River. Mm-hmm. And I have New York City along the way, and sunrise over New York. Yes, beautiful. Uh, but that, but Stephen Joseph Walton dot com. I have a blog, award winning blog, and all my books are there as well. Okay, all right. It, it's been it's really been a pleasure to talk to you. You oh, really, you, Stephen. You're a funny guy. I really, you really are. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. And there's also my Snoodles books. I have like, and I have a yes. coming out next year. Wait, 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 wait. What's the space one in space? Uh, snoodles in space. A, uh, a snoodle, the zoodle, the doodles, and one happy snoodle. So that that's this book. And uh, my next next book is uh, Snoodles in Space, Episode Two: The Zoodles Strike Back. The Zoodles Strike Back. Zoodles <laughs> Strike Back. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh my God, that that's awesome. really yeah. That is so great. Hey, if I if I email you, could, would you send me a copy? Yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. Oh wow! That, 
That's insane. That's that's, that's insane. Yes, that's great, Steve. Oh, that that is so great. Yeah, really. Like you've been a pleasure to have on the show. I mean, like you're really a funny guy, sweet God. You really should do a lot more stand up. Yeah. You're crazy. And you got yourself a new purple-haired agent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His wife might but not be too happy about that. <laughs> no, no. You love for me to have an agent. <laughs> uh, so we, Thank you. we are Funny Minds. You, you'll find us at the video portion um, on Spotify and YouTube, and we're on all the uh, regular platforms for audio. And um, we have our website. Go see our website, funnyminds.com. And uh, on the website, you will see a store where we have some crazy stuff. And there are two organizations that uh, we represent, and that's St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Women's Breast Cancer. So there's a big purple button and you know, if you're so inclined to make a donation, that would be wonderful. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, Stephen, I don't know what else to say because this has really been a great episode. You, uh, I just, I, you know, I saw lawyer, lawyers are stuffy. I saw, you know, uh, the the books, and I said he's got to have, there's got to be something there because the, you know, the books just tell a story. That's very interesting. So this is going to be a very interesting podcast. And I, I, um, not said when I owed it. I mean, like, you know, my, well, stu- my stomach hurts from laughing so much. And honestly, you know, that- honestly, my, he, we, we, he's, he's going to be on the list for definitely an, uh, a follow. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have to do we'll, a follow I'll get back in touch with you in due time and, and do a yeah. follow up as to what definitely coming down to pipe. Well, I'm I'm really excited about my next book. I just want to hear a little plug uh, because, uh, and it's great when you have it out there, uh, but, and you can even then the story just happens. So I, like, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Collins the good kid, and these uh, kind of spoiled kids, so it doesn't turn out so well. So I kind of reverse it and make the spoiled kids and like the heroes and story, it's about like gaming because if you think about it, all the media was there and like cameras. So, so I had a uh, preppy, preppy, brutal, and whippy, whoopy, woodle. And uh, preppy, preppy had a, a, a fizzy, whizzy, papa doodle and pop. And he had uh, whippy, whoopy, woodle as a swizzly, twizzly, slimy doodle. So, first he swizzled and fizzled and told to a bucket of slime. The, and the chorus was <laughs> all over the papers. Kids, you know, you know, Far cry from a schnozberry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then they become heroes in the story. So, yeah. okay, yeah, but that's awesome. That is awesome. What's that's great? The, what's the great name imagination. of imagination? What's the name of your new book going to be? Uh, it, Noodles in Space, Episode Two, Zoo. Right back. Okay. Right back. Right back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of fun. And I'm whatever. I'm getting a side copy, Mom. So whatever. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. I'm so happy that Stephen was able to be with us today, and I'm very happy that all of our fans are going to get to see a great episode. And um, I have to say to all of you: be happy, be smile. 
be non-judgmental, healthy, and always laugh because laughter is the best medicine. So Stephen, with that, we're going to say goodbye and we wish you the best. And, um, you know, we will get back to you in about six months or so. We'll see, you know, when, when your book comes out and how you're doing and what's, what's doing. And, uh, we'll see you then in the meantime, be happy. (laughs) Steven, thank you so much. Be well, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you.